back everyone to episode five of the latest thread. We have a very special guest today, Dwayne Karen is with us. And we are also going to talk about our favorite marking tools and some removal um, methods. And so we're gonna get started with chatting with Dwayne right away. For those of you who don't know who he is, which would really surprise me, he was our pretty much go-to everything guy on the tour, the Quilting with Confidence tour in 2019. He drove the truck, he helped with setup and takedown, and all kinds of other things that we probably don't even know about behind the scenes. So welcome, Dwayne. <laughs> Hi guys, how are you welcome. today? We're really, really happy to have you on our little show. Thank so you. Do, you mind, do you mind if we pick your brain a little bit and ask you a few questions? Sure. Awesome. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into quilting to start with? Um, I had always been around quilters. My mother is a quilter. My mother-in-law uh, actually owned a quilt shop. My wife is a quilter. So therefore, I was at quilt shows all the time. And I would always look at the quilts for a while. But before long at the big shows, I would be over messing around with the machines with the dealers. And um, uh, the, the machines always intrigued me. So I always enjoyed working with the machines. So you got sucked in somehow got, to actually working with, with in. So um so so afterwards I had um retired from my business uh, from the business I worked for and we decided to start a long arm quilting business and after uh reviewing all the machines we finally ended up with the obvious choice of working with a gamble so we bought a, a a new statler and we started our business with that so that started all of this pretty much so then what led you to work with gamel for the tour how did that happen well we live in missouri and gamel is in missouri so i was always around gamel quite a bit you know and i would be at these events and and um these trainings and I had started doing um, little parts of uh, local training for on uh, Creative Studio and with the Statler. And um, it, I, the more I had been around them, you know, the more I liked the company. And so um, I was at an event one day and I asked uh, the owner of the company was sitting off to the side. And I told her I really appreciated you know, everything that the company had done. And if they ever needed uh, uh, an apprentice for their Quilting with Confidence tour, I would, you know, I would be available. And she asked me if I could drive a truck. And I said, <laughs> well, yes, I can actually. And uh, about two weeks later, I was in the truck. I was hired and in the truck and on our way to North Dakota. So it was awesome. It was, it was a strange turn of events. Being away from home for a long periods of time at a time, right? Yeah, long periods of time. So my wife will fly out every once in a while and hop on with us. So it's, it's, uh, it's a good experience. It, it works out well. Yeah, it's, it was always nice when we got to see Jan, yeah. So what were your, some of your favorite moments from the 2019 tour? Um, 
Actually, both of them would be in Canada, I would say. Um, the first experience was the Canadian Rockies, which was just absolutely awesome. I mean, the scope of, of the Canadian Rockies, you, is, is, you just can't even uh, comprehend how big and how vast they are and how pretty they are. Pictures don't do them justice. And then um, the other one was actually over in uh, uh, Mockton, over in New Brunswick. It's in New Brunswick, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and, and um, we drove over there and we met Hurricane Dorian coming up the East Coast. And uh, it wasn't so much that, um, about Mockton, but it was the people over there in New Brunswick were just so great, so great to work with. And the students were happy and we lost power and it didn't matter. They were happy to be there. They were going to have a good time. And, and it was, it was just a really cool event. You know, we worked off a generator and, and um, yes, everything that people were just really great. I think we all have, can say we have some really great memories from that tour year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, it was really a lot of fun. Did you know you have like a little fan club? No, I shouldn't say little. It's it's kind of big. You have this following of people who want to know all about where is Duane and the Gamble truck today. It it phenomenoned into this big thing where there were posts every day about where's the Gamble truck. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about that, and I think you have some things to share with us too. Yeah, so um, I was out um, in the desert somewhere, and um, I caught a picture of the truck. It, it was a real nice picture of the sunrise, and I thought, well, I should take a, a picture of this and, and post it, you know, because it, I don't know, because there's nothing else to do when you're out there in the morning in the truck. So um, I caught a nice picture of the truck, and I posted it just under, where's the Gamble truck today? So a few days later, I was in a, a different landscape, you know, a completely different region, and I posted another picture, and it started to get um, some attention. So I thought, well, this is fun, you know. If, if I can catch the truck someplace, you know, and get a nice picture of it, then... Um, you know, I'll, I'll do that and just post it on Facebook because it's always good to connect with other people and just, you know, farm a relationship with people. So, um, yeah, it, it, it pretty much caught on. I'm sure it's not a fan club, but, but, uh, <laughs> it's fun to do and it is popular, you know, so I'll share uh, a couple of pictures here with us. Um, Starting off in the morning. Here's one. Can you see that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So do you remember where you are in each of these photos? Yes, this is in uh, Idaho. Mm -hmm. We uh, caught some snow in this picture right here. We were um, had just made it over the, um, the divide, the continental, no. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> um, this, but this is in Idaho, I believe. Yeah. No, it was still Montana, I think. Right at the cross. Was it still in Montana where we made it? We just made it over the divide before a big snowstorm came. Yeah. Um, this one is in uh, Oregon. 
This one is in um, Redding, California. There was this little herd of oh, deer wow. that just kind of stuck around all day. This little buck was right here with the truck. That's really that was a lot of fun. That's pretty. That's my favorite. This was one of the first ones that I took that I posted, where's the gamble truck today? It was a pretty sunrise in uh, Oregon. The second time through Oregon. I'm not sure where this This is the Sierras in California. Oh, wow. Uh, this, this was um, in Arizona. I'm not sure where, coming back through the mountains in Arizona. That's also in Arizona. And this is where I work today. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's perfect, because we were just going to ask you, what are you up to now since the tour has been postponed? Um, so uh, lately, I've been working on um, a new version of Creative Studio and doing some beta testing and um, rewriting some uh, technical instruction and also, I work in the, in the pattern cloud with um, re, redoing tags, testing tags, and editing tags in the pattern cloud. So pretty much it's all computerized work here. I haven't uh, put shoes on in three days. I'm barefoot <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> So, and I, I was curious, um, if you were to say something to anyone who is considering attending the Quilting with Confidence tour this coming year, uh, we saw uh, a lot of growth and interest in the tour last year at the beginning. There were people just kind of testing the waters and waiting to see what other people were going to post about their experience at the tour. And then it just really grew, and towards the end of the year, all of our events just filled up. They sold out. And there was just so much positive uh, feedback on all of the social media groups that uh, people were talking and sharing their experiences. So if you were to share something with someone who was considering attending this coming year, what would that be? Well, I, I, I think the, um, it's just the atmosphere mostly about being around other quilters and sharing information and um, that interaction with other quilters is just, is just really a lot of fun. I mean, it really truly is a lot of fun, informational of course, but also a lot of fun. So I, I think that's a big thing right there. Um, uh, in Creative Studio for the computerized users, um, it, it's an ever fluid um, thing to where it's constantly evolving. New versions of, of Creative Studio come out and um, there's always training on that. And it's amazing what these machines and that program can do. It's really awesome. The learning never stops. The learning never stops. The learning never stops for me either. And I'm, I, I work with it every single day and I'm constantly learning something new and, and amazed at, at what you can do with these machines is awesome. I think one of my favorite experiences from the tour last year was um, 
I mean, there were so many, but one of them was also learning from the other educators on the tour. Um, I don't think it matters what skill level you're at or experience you've had as a quilter. There's always something that you can learn and pick up and add to your, your repertoire. So what about you girls? Did you want to add anything else about, uh, about last year's tour before we move on? Yeah, well, it was, (laughs) I mean, it was, it was like you said, constant learning and like, you think, you know, you think you're a good educator and all of a sudden you're like, wow, if I do it a little bit different or if I just change this up just a tiny bit, it's an amazing class. So, you know, I learned from everybody as well. And I don't know, I like the students, just that energy of those students in the room. It's really a cool thing. Yeah. I think one thing I noticed a lot was the interaction that they were all getting with each other was awesome to watch. Mm -hmm. They would exchange names and numbers because they didn't even know the other ones existed or that they were that close. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Especially when you go into the rural, when we went into the rural areas, um, uh, Casper, Wyoming comes to mind, for instance, very rural. And those, those women, um, they were, just so excited to be there you know they were thanking us for coming because they've never been able to take a class and like Jody said you know they didn't even realize you know that they were fairly close to one another you know in their state and you know they made contacts that are gonna last for some time to come so overall whether it's for the students or for us as educators to experience that you know was was really something and i personally uh, was glad to be a part of the 2019 tour we're all really looking forward to when it starts up again. So. It's going to be like vacation. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Dwayne, I'm sure you have lots of work to do today, unless you're, you know, barefoot and taking the day off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today is the work day. <laughs> yeah. We want to thank you so much for joining us and chatting with us. I'm sure everybody's going to be excited to see what you're doing now. And uh, just to see your friendly face, thank you so much for taking some time to be with us today. So All right. You guys gonna, have a good day. Thank, thank you, Duane. So we're going to take a really quick break. And then we come back, we are going to talk uh, about some of our favorite marking tools and some uh, techniques for removing. So stay tuned. Hi, this is Andrew with Gamel. Unexplained thread breaks will drive you crazy, but fortunately there's a common cause that's easy to fix, and that would be a rough spot on a thread guide. So I'm going to show you how to check and see if that's your problem. Typically, it'll be one of the thread guides directly below the take-up lever. Take your thread as if it was dental floss, seesaw back and forth across the surfaces of the guide, and check and see if it cuts your thread. More often than not, the problem will be found on the last thread guide right about, oh, look at that, it cut my thread. Let's check it again. If you find a rough thread guide, it'll be easy to replace. 
Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for tuning back in. And now we just want to chat with you guys a little bit about some of our favorite marking tools and um, some removal. And so I'm going to share my screen because we have all of the photos ready for you. So just give me one sec and I'll share that. There we go. Everybody can see that. And it looks like uh, Ava is up first. Okay, so um, the reason why I posted those um, Crayola washable, ultra clean washable markers is because I do a lot of marking and some of the marking tools that are intended for quilters, you know, often are pricey and so someone suggested that and I don't remember who suggested it but um, I tried them and very successful I mean you can treat it just like if you were using the quilters wash away marker you know spritz it wash it and I've tried multiple uh, multiples of the different colors and I've not had an issue with it coming out but you know with all like with all other marking tools you probably should test it before you use it but inexpensive <coughs> marking tool okay here is a product called blue line eraser and as indicated in the name it you know takes away the blue wash away markers markings and I couldn't find it also comes when you ordered um, with a little syringe type container so you and so you can target a very specific area on the quilt so you're not drenching the quilt with it you know to get your markings out you can you know apply it directly where you need it and again you know you want to be sure that you've tested the fabric for color fastness but you know it's a it takes it right out and in my experience either blue marks after having used that never come out uh, back never come yeah. back not, not out <laughs> that would be bad They've never come back. Okay, here is just some very simple household items to remove the chalk markers. The one on the right is just a micro uh, fiber cloth. And, you know, I've tried it on different types of chalk markers and it wipes right off. The one on the left is a bug, um, bug remover for your car. And um, because it has a rough porous surface. It also is ideal for removing the chalk. So those are just some things that you might have at home, you know, easily remove the chalks. And those are um, for marking also. And I do consider the marking tools and they're very inexpensive. You can get them, you know, at a craft supply store. They're, you know, cheap and look at all the sizes and the circle one actually comes in a multitude of other sizes. There's also other shapes. I like the hexagons if I'm working on fabric or if I'm playing around with designs on paper or um, my dry erase board, you know, then I have 
all these shapes and sizes in one place. So that's another way to help with your marking. And yet again, you know, you can also get the nested shapes. And again, they come in all different sizes. Um, so you get in one nested shape, all of the different sizes for markings. And the one on the left is a, is a tool by Jody Robinson. If you're a fan of straight lines, you know, you can easily mark your straight lines very efficiently. So this is probably my absolute favorite marking thing, the pounce powder. And this is, I mean, there are tons of different styles out there. You can use any of them. I like the one that says you have to iron it off because then it stays on the whole time. Um, and a lot of times I'm not necessarily marking a, a whole stencil. So I have a little like, um, you know, Rubbermaid container and I dump some of that chalk in it and I use a little sponge brush. It's just to paint and you can dip it in there if you only want to get like a couple of lines on your stencil instead of pouncing the whole thing. Clever. And then this is, I, I mean, I love this thing. It's called a music staff marker. You might remember them from music class or from writing cursive letters. Um, and on this one, kind of what's marked there on the, the fabric is how I have mine set up. And I mostly use this for all overs because like that, I can just use those chalked lines as a boundary. And then I can throw some, you know, one design in the big part and a different design in the smaller part. And it's inexpensive and, um, they're hard to come by these days. Usually you can find them at a music supply. And then this is, these are probably my two favorite things that I use to get um, any markings, chalk or chalk pencil or whatever. And the, the big fluffy one is like a microfiber thing to dry your car. Got that at Walmart. Um, and then Walmart too, because I don't go many other places. <laughs> but um, it's just a nail brush. So it's kind of firm, but not too firm. And you can scrub that. It has a little more oomph and it'll get out most anything very quickly. Oh, that's me. That's, um, that's a chubby crown and it's, it's, it's very much like the pounce powder, which once you draw it on, you can iron it off. But I use regular chalk a lot, but I use this more for my pre-marking, which I don't do very much of, but I know that it's there until I take it off. So sometimes I'll stick that into my little chalk holder as well. Do you iron that off, Karen? Or yeah. how do you? That's okay. iron off. Mm -hmm. Then marks remove the steam iron it says on there. I can't even oh. read that. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty tiny. <laughs> so, oh, and this is my other. I, um, Jody actually showed me this pen a while back. That's so line style of rollerball and. It's now my favorite. That's the only thing I want to use. But I don't mark every single line. I mainly mark little tick marks. So I have a water brush, which it's just for watercolor painting. And I don't ever want to spritz a client quilt because you might have red fabric that was not pre-washed. 
So I'll just take the water brush and remove my tiny little tick marks. So that's actually one of my favorite tools, the water brush. And that's, I mark with any shape I have. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> now, when everybody was sharing the stencils before, I just, if there's something in my house that's the shape I need, I'm using that as a stencil. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> so these are the tools that I like. I have the little water reservoir pen too, uh, just from the craft store. And you can get them in a couple of different sizes. The reservoirs are bigger on some. Um, and like just like you said, Karen, I like to use them for just putting a little dot in one spot. Mm -hmm. I don't like to try to mark all of my lines out. You know, if you, you once you get comfortable, you can just make your little reference dots and, and stitch point to point. Um, I do like the Clover fine tip pens. And the reason I like the fine tip versus the big felt tip pens is the felt tip pens, they're so saturated with um, chemical, the, the, the ink, the marking solution, that if you're not careful and if you leave it in the same spot for too long, it can bleed down into the batting and even to the back of the quilt. And so you spritz it and, this, and the top mark goes away, but then a few hours later it comes back and it comes back. And that's, it's actually just coming right back out from the inside of the quilt. So getting used to just as minimal as you can get away with for marking is ideal for me. So that's why I like the fine tip one. So the purple one uh, disappears with air. And, and I, I live like, I'm an hour drive away from the big Rockies here in Canada, so it's dry, and so that will stay on for days. The the purple mark. Um, where you <laughs> I got thirty seconds. That line's gone. <laughs> yeah. So depending on how long or how quickly I can quilt something will depend which one I use. And then so so the the purple and the blue I use for uh, lighter fabrics, but then for a darker fabric I use the Bonson Porter uh, mechanical chalk pencil and it has a little refills and an eraser on the end and I find that one works for me for, um, for darker fabrics where you can't see the the purple and blue as much and they just come off with a little bit of friction like even just a little piece of batting in your hand and you can just rub it or you can use the eraser that it comes with. I have a little tip. Oh, sorry. Water things, mm -hmm. you know, the little pen. Mm -hmm. So I don't have one, and I just fill a cup with water and put a Q-tip in there. Mm -hmm. In a, you know, if you don't have one, that works yeah. Really good yeah. too. Yeah, for sure. Just a little dab, right? Uh, and a couple of years ago, I was wanting to have some different shapes to be able to put on quilts quickly, and I had my husband create eighteen stencils for me and these are just three of them but there's um, a geometric set you can see the diamonds and the hexagons there they're all in half inch increments so if I want to do an echo on something I have my I don't have to do the math um, and then there's a set of paisleys and feather shapes for for marking out feathers and curls you can see on the right there and there's also like filigree and steampunk gears and fun stuff like that so they're like right beside my machine all the time and um i just grab them quickly to put a little spot in shape it's kind of fun to take like a hexagon ava you had a hexagon one too there 
just drop a little hexagon or a different shape into a background and then fill around it. Yeah. That can be really fun and super quick. Right. So I think that is it. We hit our last picture. So I will get us back to our main screen here. Are there any other tips about marking that you girls want to share with everyone? Mm -hmm. <laughs> probably, probably one thing that is important to know is that even though we said these are our favorites or we use them all the time and they come out, you should always test it on your own fabric. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it's always a good idea to test it actually on the fabric that you're going to mark just to be sure. Yeah, I, I have that awful horror story and you know my it was a water soluble white pen and the marks did go away except that when you took a photo with flash photography you can see every line on the quilt because there was <laughs> some sort of mica in the the pen so it actually is really reflective oh, so you, the entire quilt got painted but and that was tested but who would think hey take a picture with a flash you will now though, right? Oh, everyone. <laughs> My little tester shot. What about the ones that um, there are marking tools that will come off with heat? But then I've heard that. that I, I used it. You're talking about the friction pen. That's got to be like that. Pen. And I marked a whole quilt with it. And I wasn't going to iron it off because I wash everything. And it said if you wash it, it'll go away. And when I washed it, it mostly went away, but not all of it. And so then I got the iron and everywhere that I touched the iron, it took the black mark out, but it also took the color out. Mm -hmm. So now they have white, it bleached the fabric everywhere I marked and put the heat on it. So I wouldn't personally do yeah. that again. There's so, a lot of testing with them. And it's different, mm -hmm. like if, the, if you're start, if you don't know how the fabric's been treated, like stay away from them because if there's starch that's been in the fabric, it totally changes the reaction of the friction pens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That could change the reaction of any of the marking tools. Yeah. Right. I think yeah. so. Like the chemicals or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you just don't know, it's always a good idea to test. So. Mm -hmm. And Jody, you mark a lot. I do mark a lot. Yeah. But they're mostly mine. I don't like, someone else's quilt and if I have to I use school chalk or a purple marker because those two things I do know what well, from my experience will come out so mm -hmm. that's otherwise I try to figure out some way to quilt it that I don't have to mark really yeah, and I do the same I used a purple marker mostly or the chalk you know for customer quilts because I don't want to have a bad experience so, and you know, the thing is you're, like you said, with the fabric, you you know, you don't know what chemicals was used for the sizing of the fabric. So you're combining possibly different chemicals in a process that you have no control over, just none. Mm -hmm. so, and I think bottom line too is to, you know, when I open something new and I throw away the package and then I go to use it and go, oh, where were my, where's my package? I, I try to keep the package now in a drawer so that I know what to use to remove some of those markings. And 
it doesn't matter what somebody else tells you, you got to read what's on that package, right? Because there are some things that get worse if you put them in the washing machine with soap um, or with other chemical reactions. So I would always, always, always follow what it says for instructions on those packages. For sure. Absolutely. When all else fails, read the instructions. <laughs> 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 that's a gray area there's suggestions aren't they <laughs> you like to test the waters a little bit sometimes <laughs> so that is all we have for you today we want to thank you for tuning in and watching and we hope you are excited to see our next episode coming out next week and if you have any uh, topics or things that you'd like us to share uh, a little bit from each of us on one of our next episodes, please just tag the latest thread, hashtag latest thread in one of the Gamble groups and we'll be sure to pay attention to that. Thanks for watching and we hope everyone has a great day. Bye. 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 Bye.